Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, it's been an amazing month. All the messages have been absolutely fantastic and I just love hearing the feedback and people just talking about how each message has blessed them and helped them and whatnot. So that's going to continue today. And I'm excited to have Pastor Alex Sagot with us again, second time, second time running. And, um, you know, we have a mafia style, you know, approach to the way we do guest speakers. If you don't do a good job, that's it. You're gone. You're out. And um, so he's back. So it must have gone well last year. No. Alex is amazing. He's got a gift to stir up faith. He's got a gift to preach the Word of God. And, um, and I just love uh, their church. Um, pastors Alex and Diana are absolutely incredible. They lead a church down in Miami, if you don't know, called Calvary Miami. And Jill and I went there years and years ago before we planted Colonial Church. We got so inspired when we were there, um, drank a lot of Cuban coffee. Um, you know, it was just epic. And I just can't tell you how how much we love these guys. And I love that they're just down the road, you know, in Miami, they're close. And I just think it's so cool that they're here today. So you're gonna be absolutely best blessed by the word today. So can we stand? Can we welcome Pastor Alex this morning? Come on, Colonial Church. Let's welcome him this morning as he comes to preach the word. Good morning, Colonial Church. How you doing this morning? Come on. Anybody glad to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning? Come on. Why don't you high five three people around you as you make your way down to your seat? It's good to be in the house of God. Come on. This 915 is excited. Come on. I love this service. It is good to be back at Colonial Church. What a beautiful church you have. It is absolutely awesome. And the first time we came, we left so inspired and we felt the warmth and the love and uh, honored to be back again. Thank you so much for the invite. It is awesome to be here. And uh, as Matt mentioned, we're down in Miami, met them several years ago and uh, have continued the friendship. Can I tell you, you have two of the best pastors on the planet. Honestly, you really do. I was thinking last night of the first time I met Matt and everywhere I saw him, he would come over and say hi and ask how the church was doing, got to know Joe. And every single time we run into him, just the sweetest, kindest people on the planet. And uh, being able to come last year and see what God is doing in this house, uh, I know it's genuine, it's amazing. And the same spirit that's on them, it's on your church and it's on this community. There's just this sweet spirit about this church. Honestly, it's just, it's contagious, it's beautiful. And I think that's the leadership in this house from Matt, Jill, down to every single leader. One more time, can you thank God for your pastors? Come on, give them a big, big hand. We love you guys. Thank you so much. We had them 
come down to our church as well in November of last year, and our team loved them. They'll be down again this year, and uh, I love it. I love them, and uh, so our church sends a big, big hello, and uh, they've heard so much about uh, you guys, and through your pastors, they could just see you guys are absolutely special. You're in a special place. Don't take it for granted. This is not happening everywhere. Uh, really, what God is doing in this place is special. Pray for your pastors. Honor them. Pray over them, over the leadership. Get involved. Involved because St. Augustine is experiencing revival because of Colonial Church. I really believe it. And that the best is yet to come. Amen? I came with my wife once again, Diana Bay. Why don't you get up and give a wave? <laughs> She's going to hate me. I know. Why did I just say that? I don't know, but just give a wave. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> we're excited. My wife is actually five months pregnant now. And so, uh, we're waiting for our first baby, and so we're excited. God has been good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, five months pregnant, and, <laughs> and um, we just found out we're having a baby girl, and so praise God for that. Hopefully, she comes out looking like her mama, but I've already got all kind of master locks and rifles and shotguns that I'm buying, and can't wait to meet her future friends, and Maybe a boyfriend when she's 45, 47, and we're excited about what God is doing in our family and back at home. And I'm glad that we are uh, together with you guys in this thing and that we're family. It's good to be with another church in this country that we're like-minded, like-spirited, believing the best for our country, for our future, for our world. Come on, anybody believe that? I'm excited, and I love it. It feels like we're home. And so that's a good thing. Why don't you grab your Bibles and go to the book of Numbers? Go to the book of Numbers. I'm excited to share this morning. Our 8 a.m. was awesome this morning. It was good. But this 9 a.m. is electric. I really believe God is in this place. Worship was phenomenal. Your team is amazing. I love the worship team here. The atmosphere is incredible. And so I love, uh, I love the response already in worship. And I come from a very responsive church. So if you're, you're the responsive type, I enjoy that. So if I'm saying something you like and you say amen or you shout or you clap, I love that. If I say something you like, say I like that. If I say something you don't like, you can say I don't like that. I don't care, but just respond. It's awesome. And it's fun. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. By the way, any single people in the house, if you're single in here, can you raise your hand, all the single people? Woo! This service is full of singles. I'm, I'm going to give you a tip, and hopefully it helps. The, the book of Numbers is good for single people because if you're single, you can use it in your favor. If you're single and you're sitting around somebody that's single right now, you could turn to them and be like, I, I found something interesting right now in the book of Numbers. I'm, I'm looking through it, and I didn't find yours. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got Diana. I'm just saying. Numbers chapter 14. <laughs> Numbers 14. Look at the person next to you. Tell them I'm glad you're sitting next to me this morning. <laughs> Look at the person you avoided on the opposite side and tell them you're sitting next to the best looking person in the building. Are we ready to get into God's word? Some of you are like, I've been ready. Hurry up and get to it. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. We're going to begin to read in verse 1 to give you a little bit of context right before we begin to read. 
what's happening in Numbers chapter 14 is that the people of God have been delivered out of Egypt by Moses and Aaron. They've crossed the Red Sea, and they are on their way to the Promised Land, and they get to the Jordan River. They are on the edge of the Jordan River. Moses has decided to send 12 spies over to the Promised Land to look at the land, and they come back, and 10 of the spies come back with an awful report. It has spread out through the community, and this is the response that we are reading in Numbers chapter 14. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. The word of the Lord says this. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron, they fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Come on, but the Lord is with us. One more time, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Come on, anybody thankful for God's word? We're going to pause there this morning on verse number 10. And out of those few verses that we just read and out of this story, I want to share a message this morning. If you're taking notes, whether it's on your phone or on a notepad, I've titled this message, Moving Forward. Moving Forward. Can you say that with me? Moving Forward. Moving Forward. That's been our theme for our church this year. I really felt in my spirit coming into this year that God wants our church, our community, and I believe the church around the world to move forward into all that he has for us. And my prayer as we visit this morning and as we're with family this morning is that you would continue to move forward in all that God has for you personally and corporately, that you would move forward for what God has for this church. And uh, as we were worshiping, I just sensed in my heart, God's going to heal some people this morning. God's going to free some people this morning. God's going to make sure that you leave out of here different than how you came in. Believe it. The Spirit of God is here this morning. Amen. Why don't we pray? We'll talk about this for about 25, 30 minutes, then we'll worship one more time, and then go enjoy the awesome city of St. Augustine. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness and for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that you're for us and with us and not against us, that you are on our side. Spirit of the living God, I thank you that you are in this place and that you're moving, healing, freeing, opening up eyes and changing lives. Thank you, God, that even during worship, already people were set free and healed and minds changed and spirits were stirred up with faith for all that you want to do. Thank you. And I pray that as we continue, you continue to touch and set free. God, thank 
Thank you for this household of faith. Thank you for Colonial Church. I believe that the best is yet to come for this church. God, speak to us this morning. We love you and we thank you. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Give him a praise. Come on. Three feet from gold. Three feet from gold. I read a story recently of a man named R.U. Darby. R.U. Darby, he lived in the late 1800s, and R.U. Darby heard about the gold rush that was happening on the west coast of our country. R.U. Darby, living on the east coast, decided to buy a bunch of equipment, spent thousands of dollars in equipment. He gathered his uncle, jumped on a train, and he headed west for the gold rush of California in the late 1800s. He says, I will go to the West Coast and I will make some money for my family. We are going to be rich. R.U. Darby got to the West Coast and he approached the lands that were full of gold and he started mining for gold with his uncle. And as he started mining, he found one gold vein that was full of gold and he got excited. But within days, that gold vein ran dry and he thought, the gold rush is over. I possibly got to the West Coast too late. All the gold is gone. And what he found in a day easily dried up. There was no more gold to mine, and he grew frustrated. He had no patience. He got tired, and he stopped believing that there was more for him or his family. And the story goes that R.U. Darby grabbed all of his equipment and in his anger and frustration went down the street, and he sold all of his equipment for a couple of hundred dollars for a man who was just in the corner. He said, I'm going back home. I'm headed back to the East Coast because there is no more gold in the West Coast. He grabbed his uncle. They jumped back on the train and they headed out East. Legend says that the man who bought the equipment for a few hundred dollars said, well, if R.U. Darby found gold, there must be some more gold. And he went up to the mining fields and he started digging for gold. And he found out that just three feet to the left of where R.U. Darby stopped digging, there was a brand new vein of gold. He started digging up the gold and digging up the gold. And within weeks, he became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And R.U. Darby became known as the man who quit too soon. Because he was three feet from gold. I heard about this story, and I thought about us and our Christian walk with God and our journey with all that God wants to do, and I started thinking, how many of us have stopped perhaps three feet from a miracle, three feet from a promise that God wants to do in our life? How many times have we stopped believing for breakthrough? How many times have we stopped believing for healing? How many times have we stopped believing for what God wants to do in our life? Perhaps three feet from a miracle. God was about to do a miracle in our life, but we gave up faith. We grew frustrated. We had no patience. We stopped praying. We stopped believing. We gave up. We stopped serving. I'm not going to serve this Sunday. I may not even go to church. I'm enjoying pancakes at home, and I'm going to stop serving because I grew frustrated that God would never do something on my behalf. And you quit perhaps three feet from promise of God for your life. 
I wonder if some of us this morning, we've stopped believing. We had faith. and Our faith was at an all-time high perhaps two years ago, five years ago. But this morning, it's just low. Maybe this morning we came in and, and we don't have the same fervor and spirit that we used to have when we first believed. And we believed that God was able to do all things. But this morning, we're possibly three feet from a miracle, yet quitting too soon, giving up too soon. And I think many times what happens is that we give up and we quit because we don't believe that God will keep up his end of the bargain. Wow. Well, God, I've been praying and I've been believing and I've been worshiping, but I don't really believe that you will do all that you said you will do. I sing about it. I pray about it. I worship. You are the God of miracles. But when push comes to shove, I think I will keep up my end of the bargain, but perhaps God won't do what he says he would do. And we start to treat God like a neighbor, like a friend who can break his promise and who can lie. And so I don't know if I'm going to keep on trusting because God may have lied to me or God may not do what he says he will do. So we quit. And we don't obey God and we don't move forward in our life because God may not do it. And what I've come to find out is that disobedience is rooted in distrust. I don't trust God. I don't trust God if I step out in faith that he'll do what he wants to do. I don't trust God that he will save my husband and turn around my family. I don't know if God can really bring freedom out of this addiction that we're going through. I don't know if my family will have a turnaround. We've been in dysfunction for way too long. And if I step out, I may look like a fool and God may have me looking like it's only you and not me. God will not move. And so because I distrust God, I disobeyed and I stopped moving forward. Here's the challenge, the dilemma, is that our unbelief robs us of vision. Our unbelief. Can I talk to you about vision for a moment? Because we're in the midway point of the year, and I really believe that as we go into the third and fourth quarter of this year, and as we get ready for another year, I really believe, believe that God wants to raise up a people that are full of vision, that are full of faith, that say, wait, I believe that God can turn something around in my family. I really believe that God can turn my life around. I really believe that God can use Colonial Church as an example of what life looks like with God. I wonder if you have a vision with God. If you let this belief get into your heart. It will rob you of all that God wants to do in your life. All of a sudden, you don't have a picture, a vision of what life can look like a year from now, 12 months from now, 36 months from now, because you've let disbelief get into your heart, and you've let all the lives of the enemy play in your mind. And today in the morning, you have no vision for your life. You have no vision of you being the leader. You have no vision of you causing a change in this city, because you've allowed the enemy to bring disbelief into your heart. And it's robbed you out of all that God wants to do because life is too challenging. And three feet from a miracle, you just gave up. I'm here to tell you that no matter how challenging life may be, God usually thrives in the most challenging moments of life. Oh, come on. Anybody thankful for our God that he doesn't walk out when life gets tough? It wasn't until Daniel was in the lion's den that the angels shut up and they shut the mouth of the lion. It wasn't until David was in front of Goliath that he gave him supernatural strength to run in front of the giant and defeat him. It wasn't until Paul was in prison and shackled that he gave him supernatural courage to preach the gospel even in chains. It wasn't until Moses was in front of the Red Sea that he put out the staff and that thing split. It wasn't until Jesus was in the grave that the Spirit of God came over him, gave life 
to his lungs and raised him up out of the dead. Oh, I'm here to tell somebody this morning that even if your life looks like a dead end, oh, it's just a position for God to do a miracle. It doesn't matter what life looks like. I believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask, think, or imagine. Anybody thankful for that God? Can you give him a praise this morning? Oh, come on. It may look like I'm dead, but my God is just getting started. Tell your neighbor, move forward. I'm here to stir up some faith this morning, and I'm sorry I came full of Cuban coffee and excited, but I just serve a God that nothing is impossible for him, and it may look like I'm stuck. It may look like there is no way out, but my God is able to do more than I can ask. So I've wondered if we quit too soon. I heard Norman Vincent Peale say it's always too soon to quit. The great coach, Vince Lombardi, he said, winners never quit. Something similar was said by the Apostle Paul when he said, let us not grow weary in well-doing, because in due time, we will reap what we sow. Jesus, King Jesus, he says, anybody who puts their hands to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I wonder if we've quit three feet from a miracle. I'm here to tell you this morning, there's more ahead. God has more for your life. Keep believing in the words of journey. Don't stop believing. Come on, God is able. I believe he's on your side. I believe he brought you in here for a reason and for a purpose that God can turn it around in a moment. He'll turn, out a situ he'll turn around a situation. In a moment, he'll break off the chains. In a moment, he'll heal cancer. In a moment, he'll raise up a dead body. In a moment, my God is able to do it. Can I get an amen, Colonial Church? I'm here to tell you this morning, I put it this way, that a heart full of faith is able to overcome a land full of giants. A heart full of faith, if you keep believing and have faith this morning to say, I won't give up, you'll be able to overcome the giants that may be in front of you. Some of us this morning may be up against impossibilities and giants. I'm here to tell you, have faith. God is for you and he's on your side. Numbers chapter 14, what a story, what a drama that we are reading. This is incredible. I love it. What a story. The people of God are finally free. If you remember the history, God is forming a people called Israel, a nation. He called out Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans. It started way back then. Abraham was living in the land of Ur, and he said, Abraham, I want you to get out of Ur. Somebody say, get out of Ur. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get out of Ur. Not get out of here, but get out of Ur. And he called Abraham out of Ur, and he said, I will give you a land. And if you read through the story, Abraham settled halfway. And God told him, this is not the land I have for you. Get up and keep moving. God always has a direction. It's always forward. Yeah. If you're stationary this morning, I want to tell you, God wants you to move forward. And he called Abraham. And Abraham finally made it to the promised land. But after a series of events, the people of God ended up down in Egypt. And in Egypt, they were oppressed under the thumb of Pharaoh for over 400 years. They grew as a people, they grew as a nation, but they were slaves until one day the deliverer Moses showed up. And you've seen the movies, you've seen VeggieTales, Prince of Egypt. Moses showed up, and what does he tell Pharaoh? Let my people go. And they go back and forth, they have arguments, and Pharaoh says no several times. Plagues happen until finally he lets the people of God go. And history tells us approximately two million people left Egypt, and they are on their way to the promised land. Finally, after all these years, hundreds of years, we're finally going to the land 
that God had given us. As they make their way out of Egypt, they look back and the Egyptian army is behind them. And it's easy to serve God when you don't have any threats. But will you really serve and believe God when you have enemies after you? And you have fear calling your name. And you have all the faithlessness and hopelessness that is chasing you and anxiety telling you you'll never move forward. And they look back and they see the Egyptian army, but yet God is able to open up the Red Sea and they cross the Red Sea. Once they make it to the other side and the Egyptian army is in the Red Sea, he makes the Red Sea fall on the Egyptian army and they drown and die. I love that God will take out your enemies for you. And they cross over to the other side and after several weeks, some days, some times, they are now in front of the Jordan River and you would think, as I would, that if they just saw the miracle of the Red Sea, they for sure would believe for the Jordan River to open up. But what happens, Numbers chapter 14, they get in front of the Jordan River and they have no faith. Like, you just saw the Red Sea. If you walk through walls of fishes, you would have faith for the next one. I was walking through and I saw, I just saw Nemo on one side and Flipper on the other. My God is able. Like I would have faith for the Jordan River. But yet they get to the Jordan River and they are perhaps three feet from the promised land. And yet they start to have doubt and they start to have fear. And here they are shaking and they're like, we don't know if we can make it. And so what they do is that they send 12 spies out into the land. And they get excited, they get ready, and they jump into their Land Rovers and Jeeps, and they put on their camo gear and binoculars, and they go out there, they explore the land for 40 days, they come back, and when they come back, they have mixed reports. They come back, and 10 of them say, the land is good, the land is good. Moses, Aaron, the land is good, the people of God, the land is good, it is awesome. There's milk, honey, there's grapes, so much grapes, clusters of grapes. It says that two of them had to carry clusters of grapes on their shoulders of how heavy it was. That we can make Peter, peanut butter and jelly for days. I mean, this is awesome. The land is incredible. Oh, the ocean view. Moses, you're going to have a penthouse. It's going to be awesome. But there's giants in the land. There's giants, ugly giants. They got 12 toes. They got three eyes. I mean, these are bad giants. Like, these are, these are Goliath's third cousins. Like, yeah, I don't know. We're not going to be able to make it. Plus, there's fortified cities and evil kings. We will not be able to take the land. And because of 10 bad reports, 2 million people get infected with unbelief and decide not to move forward. I want to tell you this morning, I got a question. Who's in your circle? What voices are you allowing in your life? The voices and the circles that you have in your life are so important because some people, you'll tell them what you believe God wants to do in your life and they'll start to speak all kind of negative stuff over you. You start serving on Dream Team, you open up a dinner party, pff, you were partying in the club just a year ago. What do you mean you're going to serve a dinner party? Only party I saw was the one where you were popping mollies and they'll try to remind you of all the negative stuff that you did back in the day. But I serve a God that makes all things new and it doesn't matter what my history says, my history does not define my destiny. Come on, anybody thankful that we serve a God that turns things around. Be careful with the negative voices who are you to serve God and who are you you know in worship the enemy will lie and say don't you raise your hands you know what you did last night you know what you did last year and you got all these negative faithless voices saying you can't serve God you can't do this you can't believe for your marriage you can never turn it around be careful with the voices in your life that's why you should join a dinner party. That's why you should join Dream Team. Get some people full of faith around you. The Bible says that Joshua and Caleb stood up and they had faith. They're like, hey! Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know they got 10 bad reports. Oh, yes, there was giants, ugly giants. And yes, there was fortified cities. 
But if God said it, he'll do it. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes, the land is tough. And yes, the land is full of problems. But if God promised it, oh, then God will deliver on his promise. Oh, I don't know about you, but I need some Joshua and some Caleb's in my life. They went on faithless. They speak hope into me. That when I don't got future vision, they speak vision into my life. I wonder if we got some Joshua and Caleb's here this morning that can stand up and say, I believe that God has a vision for a colonial church. I believe that God wants to do more. I believe for salvation. I'm believing for freedom. Anybody here believing that if God promised it, he's able to do it. Oh, I need some people full of faith. Oh, come on. I need somebody that believes that God wants to turn around this city. I want some people full of faith that believe God can heal, that believe God can restore, that believe all things are possible for those who believe. I don't need my history. I don't need negative voices. I need voices full of faith that speak hope, that speak destiny, that believe that God can do it. Where are the Joshua and Caleb's of St. Augustine? Come on. So many people. So many people just want to down talk what God wants to do in your life. Don't let those people in your life. Block them on social media. Mute them. Unfollow. I need people that believe with me that the cancer will be healed. I need people that believe with me that the marriage will be restored. I need people that believe with me that my family and I will serve the Lord God. I need some faith in my life. So that when my faith falters, your faith helps me. Because both fear and faith are contagious. You hear me, church? Fear and faith are contagious. You get around some people full of fear, you'll be fearful. Oh my God, there's giants in the land. Did you hear that? There's giants in the land. Oh my God. There's giants in the land. And all of a sudden, you'll be contagious. You'll be contagious. You'll be infected with fear. What are Matt and Jill talking about? Vision for this church. Don't they see nobody believes in this city? There's a bunch of people that don't believe in God. There's a bunch of atheists. I don't know if we can do I want faith to be contagious. Oh, if God filled up a service, he'll fill up another one. And he filled up two, he'll fill up three. And if he filled up three, he'll fill up four. And if God did it before, he'll do it again. Come on. Because God is a God of promises. If he restored one marriage, he can restore mine. If he heals somebody, he can heal me. You hear me, church? Faith and fear are contagious. Because of 10 people and their disbelief, they served 40 years wandering in the desert. And three feet from the miracle, they turn around and they go in circles for 40 years. Don't quit three feet from a miracle. What happened? Why did they stop believing? I think there's a difference between the Moses generation and the Joshua generation. The generation that served under Moses, they wanted to see miracles to then believe. But later on, 40 years later, that same Joshua and Caleb would stand up as leaders. And Joshua would lead the people finally over the Jordan River and into the promises. And the people under Joshua, they didn't have to see to believe. They believed and then they saw and I want to tell you, we're no longer under the Moses generation, but we're under the Joshua generation. And God wants to raise up some people in Colonial Church with the Joshua spirit that say, we just won't wait to see miracles and then have faith. We'll have faith and then we'll see the miracles. The Moses generation, the Moses generation, they saw the promised land. The Joshua generation walked in the promised land. 
The Moses generation just dreamed about it and thought about it, but quit too soon. The Joshua generation conquered. I'm here to tell you this morning, you're called to conquer. Are you hearing me, church? You're called to conquer. People will fail you. Pastors will fail you. But he's calling you, not based on somebody else's calling, not based on somebody else's journey, but he's calling you to conquer. And we're under Joshua's generation. Alex, but what do you mean under Joshua's generation? That was years ago. I know. But Joshua was an Old Testament example of a greater Joshua that would come whose name was Jesus. In fact, the name Joshua in the Greek is the name Yeshua, which is the name Jesus. In other words, Joshua served as an example of the one who was to come that will lead us into every single promise. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that a greater Joshua came. Because what Joshua did physically in helping them cross 40 years later to the miracle is what Jesus does spiritually when he helped us cross from death to life, from darkness to light. Oh, come on. From no promises to every promise, I serve under the Jesus generation where now every promise in him is yes and amen. Why do you have hope this morning? Because I serve under Jesus. Why do you have hope even though life is difficult and gas is at $7 a gallon? Why are you not frustrated and tired? Because I serve King Jesus. And in him I have hope. In him I have peace. In him I have grace. In him I have mercy. And every promise in him is yes and amen. And like the book of Ephesians says, he's given me every spiritual blessing that is found in heaven in him. I'm adopted, redeemed. I'm his. I got an inheritance. I'm claiming every promise. And I'm moving forward. This morning, move forward in all that God has for you. Don't stay back. He went to the cross and he defeated the grave so that you and I would not be stuck, but would move forward into every calling and promise. Three things, and we'll wrap up with this. Number one, what do we do? Wake up every morning. And number one, I'll tell you this. Believe every promise. Somebody shout believe. believe. It's crazy. Why? You know what Christians are called? Another name for Christians? We are called believers. But yet, how many believers are not believing? I'm a believer, but I don't believe. <laughs> I claim to know God and I claim to worship God, yet I don't believe the promises that he's spoken. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to believe with childlike faith that if he said it, he'll do it. I don't know. There's something about it. He said it. I'm going to believe it. Wake up every morning. Sometimes you got to convince yourself. Look in the mirror and preach to yourself. Look in the mirror and say, you are called. You got a destiny. You are adopted. You are redeemed. The grace of God has made you new. You look at yourself in the mirror for five minutes and you say, I am a child of God. I am a daughter. I am a son. I am redeemed. I am adopted. But I will believe every promise. Me and my house will serve the Lord. You may be single. Start claiming your husband. God, I believe he's on the way. God, I believe you'll turn around. God, I believe that you'll break this addiction because he who the son sets free is free indeed claim every promise speak every promise but i'm gonna believe it the bible says this in the book of hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 without faith it's impossible to please him whoever would draw near to god must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him number one believe number two we're going to advance somebody shout advance we're going to advance through every door if you're a believer god wants you to move forward into all that he has for your life Advance. 
I, I really sense in my heart yesterday as we were driving up, Friday night as we were driving up, I was thinking about the message. I was thinking about you guys. And, and I sense this in my heart. Somebody in here, you're stuck this morning. You've been stuck. I don't know if it's fear. Just like the people of God, fear has kept you three feet from the promise, three feet from your miracle, three feet from believing all that God has for your life. I'm here to tell you God wants to loose you this morning. And he wants you to move forward through advance, through every door. Walk this morning. Walk forward this morning. How many times do we say, God, I believe in you and I'll serve you, but yet when God opens the door, we don't walk through. I'll never forget when I got the call about seven, eight years ago to preach at my church for the first time. I had never preached in my life. My knees started trembling, buckling. You could hear them like in the cartoons. I've never preached a day in my life. But I remember that when I was 17 at a youth camp with my face down on the floor, I told God, I'll serve you every day. And whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. And God brought those words back to memory. And he says, I, I thought you said you'll walk through every door. If I open a door, walk through it. And I just sensed that word for somebody this morning. There's an open door of opportunity in front of you. But you haven't wanted to proceed. Today, the word for you is advance. Walk. Walk. I don't know who's been stuck. I don't know who's been held back by fear, but I'm telling you, you're leaving out of here free in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not that we should wait, not that we should stop, not that we should think, no, that we should walk into what he's called us to. Somebody today, advance, walk through. Today, maybe it's, you got to join a dinner party today. You got to join Dream Team today. You, you got to get involved. You got to walk. You've been waiting. You've been thinking. I don't know. The, the, I, I sense this while we were worshiping. Somebody here, you've been called to ministry. And you've been doubting it and fearful about it. But today, God, God wants to confirm the call over your life. But you need to walk through the doors first and say, I believe that he's with me. He's, he's going to confirm the call. And number three, conquer every giant. We're going to believe. We're going to advance. And we're going to conquer. I want you to stand up on your feet. We're going to conquer every giant. There may be some giants in front of you. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we are more than, come on somebody, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing will. No stress, no pestilence, no principalities. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus, who called us to be more than conquerors. I'm here to tell you this morning, God has called you to conquer that which is in front of you. Because if God be for you, nothing will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Can I get an amen? Why don't we lift up our hands? Every hand lifted this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, every hand lifted this morning, every eye closed. I really believe that the Spirit of God is here. Oh, there's such a beautiful, sweet spirit in this place. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you begin to thank God right there where you're at? Why don't you just begin to lift up your mouth, your voice and open up your mouth and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you're for me and you love me and you're with me. Thank you that you've called me to move forward. Thank you, God, that you go before me, behind me, and you surround me. Father, I pray for every hand lifted. I pray for every single person. I pray that today you will stir faith up in the room, in every heart, in every life. People watching online. There's been people that have been held back by fear, by anxiety, by doubt, by unbelief. This morning, I pray that you open up eyes so that we can have vision for what our life could look like three months from now, six months from now. 
a year from now and we will not quit three feet from our miracle but we believe God that you open doors and you call us to believe to advance to conquer in Jesus name God I pray for people to be loose this morning for people to walk in freedom this morning hallelujah hallelujah with every eye closed if that's you with every eye closed every head bowed if that's you if you said Alex I've been stuck I've been stuck I've been fearful maybe it's anxiety maybe it's fear but, but you feel like you're not moving forward every eye closed every head bowed nobody looking around I would love to pray for you. can you just throw your hand up right there where you're at you're saying that's me I need to be free this morning I've been stuck I know what I need to do I know I need to move forward but I feel like I haven't had progress in my life I've been fearful every hand up but that's you can you do me one more favor can you come out of your rows and meet me down here in the front we're gonna pray as one big thing thanks for listening to that podcast we pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.